Welcome to Ms. Lyrics Poetry Outlaws, a podcast hosted by Catherine Owen, in which she reads poems, talks about the poetry world, and interviews poets. Poetry, it makes nothing happen, according to W.H. Auden, and oh, that's a beautiful thing. Okay, Poetry Outlaws, it's time to start reading poems from a new anthology. This one came out in 1996. It's called The Book of Luminous Things, an international anthology of poetry, and it's edited by Szeszlaw Milos, who was a amazing Polish poet, and he did a lot of translating, so there's tons of translations in this book, and I've chosen not to read translations from any anthologies because I don't feel that I can do justice to explicating the pieces because I can't, unless I can see the original and read the original side by side with the translation, I can't really know what the uh, initial uh, rhyme scheme was or stanza form um, or, you know, particular diction choices. And all of these are utterly crucial in a poem. So I'm going to only read poems that are originally in English And I will read you a couple of sentences from his introduction to give uh, an idea of what he's trying to do with this anthology. He starts off by saying, I have always felt that a poet participates in the management of the estate of poetry, of that in his own language and also that of world poetry. So the, the poet has a responsibility, a duty to shape the reception of poetry in their time in a, in a wide variety of ways. I, I fully believe in that, whether you translate or not. Uh, and then he speaks about how important poetry is in this time. He's very fascinated by Buddhism. He's interested in um, Schopenhauer, Goethe, and um, painters like Cezanne. He prefers um, a certain type of objectivism. He says, the secret of all art, also of poetry, is thus distance. And then he ends by saying, I would have nothing against calling my anthology a book of enchantments. He starts with a short section called Epiphany, but they're all translated poems. So I'm going to move forward to his second section, which is very apropos. We just finished reading poems from We Animals. It's all about nature. And he he says that our attitude to nature is similar to our ancestors. There's empathy, there's guilt, there's ambiguity, there's closeness, and there's also detached observation. I've read a poem by Robinson Jeffers before, but frankly... I can't get enough of Robinson Jeffers. I did my master's thesis on him, and I've been reading him off and on for many years. Uh, This piece called Carmel Point is about where he lived in Carmel in California. I've I've actually had the chance to visit there and go to Tor House and Hawk Tower that he built for his wife, Una. And when he lived there in the 20s and 30s and 40s, he died in, in 1962. Uh, He planted uh, up to 2,000 trees there, and he was very concerned with honoring the land, but also recollecting that humans were only a very small part of it. 
So his philosophy of inhumanism, you could say in its kind of softer yielding form, suggested as current ecology uh, propounds that we are out of balance with nature and we need to rectify that balance and realize we are just part of the whole. And then you could say that Carmel Point, this lyric poem, kind of extends that into a possibly harder inhumanism where he's happier thinking of a world where there is no humans because humans just seem to be the great despoilers uh, and cause all kinds of issues and problems. They are essentially a plague on the planet, a cancer, uh, not as the natural species they can be, but as the way that they have distanciated themselves from nature and turn into uh, dominators and extractors. And so th this piece is 15 lines he, he's got very long lines as usual. He's got dashes. Uh, he has, uh, he loves to uh, state things and uh, make you realize the resonance of them. Uh, there's almost like a, a sonnet turn here as we have the first six lines where he's describing what Carmel looked like when he first arrived there. And then he has the seventh line. Now the spoiler has come. Does it care? And he's asking whether nature cares that humanity has now built all these suburban houses there and has cars and has cut down trees. And he answers right away in the eighth line, nope, it has all the time in the world. He describes the people, people metaphorically as a tide that comes and goes and themselves as the uh, dissolvers of their works but we can't kill the core of nature. Uh, we're always going to have the endless rock and the ocean. And so he says in in two lines that have a, an aphor at the beginning, we must, we must, we have to become less human. We have to become more conscious of nature. We have to become confident because confident people don't want to despoil. They want to preserve Robinson Jeffers, Carmel Point. The extraordinary patience of things, this beautiful place defaced with a crop of suburban houses. How beautiful when we first beheld it. Unbroken field of poppy and lupin walled with clean cliffs. No intrusion but two or three horses pasturing or a few milch cows rubbing their flanks on the outcrop rockheads. Now the spoiler has come. Does it care? Not faintly. It has all time. It knows the people are a tide that swells and in time will ebb and all their works dissolve. Meanwhile, the image of the pristine beauty lives in the very grain of the granite, safe as the endless ocean that climbs our cliff. As for us, we must uncenter our minds from ourselves. We must unhumanize our views a little and become confident as the rock and ocean that we were made from. You've been listening to Ms. Lyric's Poetry Outlaws. Stay fierce, word musicians. <laughs> <laughs>